With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Red Nation, we are live on Periscope. At least I hope. <laughs> Let's, I mean... Regardless, if we're live, if we're not, uh, welcome to tonight's episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. It's your host, Jeremy Brenner. And tonight, Michael Brown, we got a win to discuss, my man. Dude, four in a row. I mean, we look good like when we do the show not on camera together, but now that we're on camera together, like this is unfair to every other podcast out there. Like, we are two of the most handsome men I have ever seen. Well, I, I um, think, yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Four wins in a row, man. I mean, tonight definitely took like three years off of my lifespan. But tonight was fantastic. What a game. What a great game tonight. Yeah, the Rockets started off, they were trailing 30 to 10. And that was in, so they they were down 15 after the first quarter and trailing by as much as 20. They came back to lead at three at halftime, then jumped that lead up to 11 Blazers, of course, they can't go away. They come back. They take a late lead, but the Rockets are there to close. And P.J. Tucker was a big part of it. We talked a little bit about that before we came on. And we want to hear from you guys, our our listeners that are hopefully listening to us live. So if you have any questions, feel free to respond to the tweet in Periscope, and we can answer them live. Usually we ask before, but now that we're live, why not ask us live? So if you've got a question for us, uh, head down here uh, and type out your questions. We'll hopefully see them pop up in our chat up here. And yeah, we'll give you an answer. And of course, if you can't stay on for the full duration of our episode, we will be posting this as our podcast episode uh, later tonight, early tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. You can check us out, subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you don't miss a single episode of the dream take. But yeah, Mike, so four in a row, what does a win like tonight do for the Rockets? Well, I mean, I think it does a lot. I, I think one thing that we have to keep into perspective tonight is that Portland is severely depleted. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, tonight, no Zach Collins, no Nurkic, no McCollum. So I put this win in the perspective of great win at home. We got a lot of good performances tonight. Christian Wood is a monster. Like Christian Wood is turning into just something that's not even human right now on the offensive end. He still has a lot of work to do on the defensive end. 
But I thought Oladipo was fantastic tonight. I thought he played really well. John Wall, I mean, there are very few people on this earth that can beat him in a foot race on a basketball court. I am one of them. So I'm proud to be an elite company there. Um, Would you rather have John Wall in a in a 100-meter dash or in a fight? I plead the fifth. <laughs> no. Uh, honestly, I, I'd probably take him in a fight, but I, I'd last about 12 seconds in an, in an honest street fight against John Wall. Um, I will tell you, man, I thought tonight, you know, I thought the bench, they didn't put up a lot in the stat uh, the score, the box score, I should say, but they played some hellacious defense tonight. The defense definitely stood out tonight. You know, the, the Blazers are a type of team that they like because they shoot well. If they are shooting well at night, usually they have a start real good or real poor. And tonight they started off really well. And honestly, when you have Damian Lillard doing what Damian Lillard does, it's, it's hard to stop sometimes. And a lot of the times tonight, when it came to Dame, you kind of just have to throw your hands up and just say, okay, I'll try to get you next time. Yeah, you do. And I mean, and same with Dam- Gary Trent. Damian Lillard is, is a freak. He's just, I love watching him play the game of basketball. I will say, I don't think a team with him as a number one will ever win a title just because of his style of play. I just don't ever think, he he's out for number one. Like he wants to put up those, those terrible shots that sometimes go in. Uh, but the Rockets, I think did about as well defensively as you could ask for it tonight. I thought, you know, who played a great game tonight was Daniel house. Yeah. God, the three he hit yeah. on rockets legend, Carmelo Anthony tonight. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking trash. You know, the other thing that I love about this rockets team, Tell this is, this is an underrated trash talking team. Yeah, well, there's, I love it. I, I, well, dude, the thing is, Mike, is you can't I, talk trash unless you can back it up. And yeah. they haven't been able to back it up until this win streak, these last couple of, I would say the three games since Dallas. They haven't been able to back it up. But when you play like you did tonight against a team like the Blazers that could be a playoff team, because, I mean, of the teams that they've beaten in this four-game win streak, obviously Detroit and Washington, and Dallas is – Still, you know, jury's out on Dallas, but Portland's a good team. They are a good team, and you beat a good team tonight. So now the Rockets can be taken a little bit more seriously now, and they can back up, you know, the trash talk that they give out. And look, you're starting to see it. You're starting to see the pieces come together. Victor Oladipo, team high, what was it, 25 tonight? That was uh, huge. Love to see that from Vic. Uh, Wood, Wall, Oladipo, each at 20 or more. I gotta love this Rockets, man. Okay, so you know how we were talking about the WoW lineup? The WoW lineup, yeah. Okay, I just thought about this. You could have the House, Tucker, Oladipo, Wood, Nawaba lineup and have the H-Town like, lineup. Don't tell me you came up with that on your own. You saw that on Twitter. I swear to God I did. No, I was just. Twitter, I swear to God no, I did. No, I was no, just no, looking no, at it. No, no, no I was no, just no, looking at it. it okay. Wait, wait, wait. My girl came up with it. Okay, no, but I, look. First of all, I don't, you know, uh, Harden might take Twitter uh, tonight, or the Dream Take Twitter, I should say. Hey, we don't speak of that. No more. Sorry. The, the, <laughs> the Dream Take Twitter was on fire tonight. Uh, phenomenal responses tonight. But I may have seen like a glimpse of it, but I was looking at the beanie and I was like, the H-Town lineup. I will be making a t-shirt of the H-Town lineup. I'm very yeah. excited. I'm very excited yeah. about you it. You can find our merch over it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe you never know. You never know. We do have <laughs> relationships with t-shirt companies, so who knows? You know what I do want to bring up real quick watching the game tonight is I think DeMarcus Cousins actually found the role that he's going to be in the rest of the year like perfectly tonight. Mm-hmm. Like he played 11 minutes. I, I'd like to increase his minute load a little bit, but that 10 to 15 minute a night is so perfect for him. Like I, I think, I think uh, what's his name? Uh, coach Silas, this was the best coached game he's had all year, in my opinion. I agree. There was, you know, Silas, you know, I think a lot of young coaches, when they go down early, they, they panic. And yeah. And Silas didn't panic. Silas stuck to he didn't he didn't switch his game plan or anything like that. He stuck to the he stuck to the game plan and he executed it really well. And then the shots started to fall. Then you know the Blazers kind of came back down to earth. And the Rockets played their version of basketball. And I think at the beginning of the game, you saw the Rockets were trying to play more of the Blazers style of basketball, which is you know three is our game. And not that the Rockets aren't that team anymore. But this team is not as good. Like the Blazers are really, they shoot a lot of threes because they have good three point shooters. Look, they have Trent, Simons, and Lillard. And that's, you know, they have CJ McCollum. That's what's so scary about that team is how do they have four of possibly the top 20 best three point shooters in the league on one team? That's just not fair. But um, nonetheless, the Rockets tried to do that too. They, they hit all those threes at the beginning of the game, they took like four minutes of the first part of the first quarter to not even shoot. They, they didn't even score because they were kept, they kept shooting threes. They kept shooting poor, poorly, you know, yeah. poorly thought out shots and they didn't drive to the rim. Like they should have when you have Ennis cancer down low, you got to attack him. And I'm glad they finally woke up and did that because that is a weakness in the blazers that has been there for a while. Nurkic out. That is a huge, um, weakness in the Blazers and it's you know what you need to exploit you need to find weaknesses in other teams and exploit them and that's what the Rockets were able to do tonight you saw a lot more driving a lot more scoring at the rim from Vic from John Walsh Christian Wood Eric Gordon was able to drive to the rim tonight as well he had a rough night but I'll say this and maybe that's why Eric Gordon didn't have a good night because look two two of seven from three oh of four from from two Maybe you need to drive, get your two points before you even think about getting your threes. So ultimately, I'm in this. And there's one more thing I want to point out with Silas, him taking out Christian Wood on that defensive possession uh, at the end of the game to put in Nawaba, and then Nawaba got that stop at the rim. It's big. That was genius from Silas. I love that. Yeah, I mean it was big. It was look tonight. You saw the what Victor Oladipo can do. You saw why he's more than likely going to be a hundred to $120 million contract type of guy this off season. Is that going to be the Rockets giving that to him? I don't know. I, I really don't, but I will tell you, and Reggie Miller clearly listens to the dream take because he, they couldn't stop talking about the speed of this team. Mm-hmm. This Which you team, brought up several times. This team is so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like I have to go to Best Buy and buy a bigger TV to just make sure that these guys just aren't as fast as I think that they are because they are that fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christian Wood. I mean, like you can't say enough about the kid, but it's also, you know, other guys like I'm trying to think who else. 
the Rockets took too many bad threes tonight. There, there were too many times. They need to clean that up because now you have multiple guys who can beat you in the mid-range game. Christian Wood can beat you in the mid-range game. Victor Oladipo can beat you in the mid-range game. Eric Gordon, all of these different types of guys can beat you in the mid-range game. But I'll tell you, man, this was another example of I like this team. This team is ballsy, and they've bought into everything that Steven Silas is coaching them on, and I'm here for it. Let's get some fan questions. So okay. If you've got a question, throw it throw it down in the chat, and we'll be more than happy to answer. Usually we come into this with a few fan questions involved, but because we are live tonight, we are doing this live. We're not going to go live every night, um, but this is something that we're trying out. We're trying to you know, be two, three, four-dimensional, um, but we'll take comments as well. We'll take compliments like this one from Aaron Matthew, big fan of the podcast. We're a big fan of you. Thank you. How about that? How about that? We're a big fan of you. How about that? Uh, here's one from Tyler Hero Stan. Not a question, but I love how everyone has a chip on their shoulder. And that is how teams succeed, honestly. I think that, like, if you look at Oklahoma City, if you look at Denver, like, those kind of teams that – look at L.A. L.A., like, from last year. They, like, I think if you look at the Clippers, the Clippers are a good example of this. Clippers didn't really play with a huge chip on their shoulder. Kawhi won – um, Kawhi won the championship the year before. Paul George was like, oh, I'm just going to kick back. And you saw what happened to the Clippers. But the Den- the Denvers, the Oklahoma Cities, the, you know, those teams are the teams that succeed the most. The Heat. The Heat were playing with a chip on their shoulder throughout the entire bubble. And teams like Milwaukee, um, Philly, like those teams that kind of just lay back and chill, they're not yeah. doing that. But I feel like, especially with Philly, because I know – Look, they beat LA last night. They're starting to play with a chip on their shoulder. And I think that's part of the reason why they're improving. And I think you're starting to see that from the Rockets too, because all of these guys have been counted out in their previous in their last spot in their career. So yeah. David Nawaba too. I mean, yeah. David Nawaba. Like name one guy on the team that doesn't have something to prove. Uh Kar- the Karukas kid. Okay. Anyone else? That's it. No. Yeah. I, felt, I felt bad for your boy, Benny Mack, not getting any run tonight. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how much Benny Mack we got left, but hopefully we'll see him on this road trip coming up. But here's a question for you, Mr. Michael Brown, from Navy and uh, Navy Andre DJ. Is that – am I saying that right? Whatever. What does Michael think of PJ's clutch fourth quarter? What you got to say? You know, I told you this pre-show. I, I have been critical of PJ Tucker in games – past you know i i honestly think i don't think he's worth the eight million dollars we're paying him but i will say this he made game winning plays tonight he had the tip in at the end that you may not may not have won this game it was his only two points but he plays great team defense and one guy that we interacted with on twitter tonight was mario Welli. Mm-hmm. mario Welli had a knack he was never going to fill up a score sheet but he's always going to give you effort which pj tucker does and he's going to hit that shot every now and again that just wins the game for you, you know? And I – look, I, I was – I'm more than happy to say that P.J. Tucker, I thought tonight, played one of his best games of the year team defense-wise. Not filling up the stat sheet. He only had two points. He had a couple rebounds. But he did what it took defensively to help this team win. And I'm all for it. I saw a tweet from Adam Spillane tonight that says, if you are – 
looking at PJ Tucker's box score, you're not looking at him the right way. If yeah. you're evaluating them through the box score, you're not. And that's I'm guilty. Uh, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. I'm I am totally guilty of I was tired of looking for four straight games seeing that he scored less than five points. Mm-hmm. But and tonight he had what, like two? He had two points. But it was moments in the game that he impacted that made me remember why I do love PJ Tucker. And I mean, he did that tonight. So he's Navy and red DJ. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Thank you, Navy and red DJ for your question. Um, Let's go to, I'm going to go a little bit out of order with these. We're going to go Sean K 1986 right now. Should house and Tate be in the starting lineup? It's a good question. It is a really good question. Um, Honestly, I mean, you have to put Wall, you have to put Oladipo, you have to put Tucker, and you have to put Wood. I'll tell you this, I think Jay Sean Tate is starting to get not, not – Well, the, he's not getting as much minutes, Mike. Yeah. I mean, he was only he's on the court for 17 minutes. minutes Mike. Yeah. I think Daniel House and him are going to be interchangeable depending on the night. I'm a big fan of Jay Sean Tate, but I think – he had a lot of early season success, in my opinion, partly because the league did not have tape on him. Now the league is starting to get more tape on him, and they're starting to learn his tendencies a little bit. He needs to get back into the lab, as the kids say, and continue to work on his game. I think that's a that's somewhat of what it is. Although I think with Jay Sean, it's it's just going to come with you know getting used to the NBA. I think a lot of us were surprised by him because of how strong he came out the gate and that's all fine and dandy but just because like i think he's hitting that rookie wall right now he's not like he's not playing terribly but he's also not providing enough to prove that he should be in the starting lineup now could we see i I don't think we can see both of them in the starting lineup i think it is one or the other but I would like for them to stick with one and stay there. I don't want them to go back and forth. I think, and I think what we've seen from Steven Silas is he likes the idea of keeping guys in one spot. And I know he, and he hasn't been able to really do that because he's what, this is starting lineup number 12 in 16 games. So I think he's going to stick with one starting lineup, whether it's, you know, house or Tate, it's not going to be both personally for me. I'd like to see Tate stay in there just because I think giving a rookie, a starting spot and then taking it away from him, I think could do a lot to hurt his confidence. So I think house right now coming off the bench is where he needs to be right now. If there's an injury, maybe with Jay Sean Tate and then house goes in and then stays there, maybe that's fine, but I wouldn't want to take Jay Sean Tate out because of performance. I don't think Jay Sean Tate has lost the starting role and I don't think Daniel house has done too much to earn it back yet. Yeah, and it goes back to what we talked about on a previous show, that the Rockets, it's a great problem to have, but they are staring down a logjam of guys that, you know, Daniel House, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Ben Hacklemore. You know, there's a lot of guys who are going to be vying for these minutes, and it's a great problem. But I think if I'm Raphael Stone, you have to look at this roster and you have to say – there are certain guys on this team that you could flip to another team and get an asset for. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a, a playoff team that could use some more shooting, they wouldn't take Ben McLemore. I mean, I I they could. Ben McLemore yeah. is probably the first one to go, but when it comes to KPJ, they obviously traded for him. You're not going to ship KPJ out right away, but no. the guy that who could be on his way out is Victor Oladipo. So it comes with this question from Jake Mountford seven. 
how good could Vic be during this season with the Rockets based on what we've seen? It's a great question. And I think the Rockets front office is a really tough question to answer. And that's, do they identify Victor Oladipo as a future part of this team, as a part of this organization? Because you, you said it right on the last show that they could move him in a sign and trade this offseason, but that's extremely risky. You know, the Rockets may look at it and say, the only time that we can guarantee ourselves something for Victor Oladipo instead of him just walking in free agency is trading him by the deadline, which is coming up in, you know, seven weeks. I've always thought the best spot for him is Miami, but I'm not moving Victor Oladipo for peanuts. I'm not moving him for just nothing. Um, But I think that this season, I think the Rockets offer him an opportunity to go for 20 points a night. There's no reason he can't be a 20-point-a-night scorer for this team. And I think he plays great team defense. You know, you put him and John Wall and Jay Sean Tate and P.J. Tucker and Christian Wood out there, that's a lot of length and that's a lot of quickness. So I think Victor Oladipo, how good can he be? I see no reason that he can't, you know, take this team to a, to a definitive playoff spot. You know, not a play-in tournament spot, a top-eight team in the West. There is no reason this team cannot be that for the rest of the season. You know, I think when it comes to Vic, it's still too early to tell. You know, tonight obviously was a good night. But look, he had a good night in Chicago and then had two bad games. And so or three bad games. I mean, would you really count? Would I, would, I don't know. if you, Tuesday was okay. But look, it's been five games right now and we've seen two good games out of Vic. So I'm still not totally convinced yet, and I might get hate for that. But at this point right now, I think what we've seen from Vic so far is if this is the best we can get from Vic, I'd keep him. Because this, if Vic was a huge part of the reason why the Rockets won tonight, 25 points, team high. Like, the Rockets needed him. And I like that he, you can still see some hesitancy to drive to the rim. Like he, he takes the ball sometimes and he goes towards the baseline and towards the corner. And I'm like, no Vic, like go to the, go to the bucket. And when he does that, it's beautiful. But when he doesn't, it results in turnovers, poor shots, you know, like, or he'll have like a fadeaway mid range that, you know, he had a couple of those tonight that were just, you know, definitely not going in like just poor shots. And we don't want to see that. So I just, if I had to advise Vic, and if I'm on the Rockets coaching staff, I'm telling Vic, go to the go to the bucket. Well, he was also efficient tonight. You know, yeah, you talk about some of those shots that he shouldn't have taken. Even with all that being said, he shot 11 of 23 from the field. He only turned the ball over once. He had seven rebounds, and he had five assists. I think another positive that Victor Oladipo brings to this team is the Rockets for guards, I mean, they rebound the ball extremely well. Between John Wall and Oladipo, I mean, between those two guys, they had 12 rebounds tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the positives when we had Westbrook and uh, the guy in Brooklyn who shall not be named. You know, those were two guards who rebounded the the ball, you know, extremely well. So to have Victor Oladipo there with John Wall is beneficial. But I- I'm with you. I think it's a little early for Oladipo re-signing as a rocket talk. But I-, I-, I like everything he said thus far since being here. I like his effort. I think he's... He puts out a decent effort every night, and I think that's exactly what Steven Silas is looking for. And another thing, too, Vic's defense is also really hard to replicate. 
especially if, you know, whoever we get. And, you know, yep. maybe we could get one of these guys for Zach Levine or Bradley Beal at Polos and Backpacks. Mm. I almost said Snapbacks, but <laughs> Polos and Backpacks. What is it? You Mike, I saw, you, I saw you talking about it on the Twitter account, yeah. uh, a trade for Beal. Um, so maybe if you would like to explain it to the rest of the class. Yeah, class. Um, look, if you have the chance of getting Bradley Beal, who I definitely think Washington is going to ship out, it's definitely something to take a look at. Uh, to me, the the deal potentially could look like Victor Oladipo and PJ Tucker for and you know a first round pick for Bradley Beal and Alex Len. I mean, something along those lines. Look, if I had the choice between Beal and Levine, oh, man, I'd probably want Bradley Beal over Zach Levine. But I, I don't know what Chicago wants to do. Obviously, with Chicago and Washington, those are two teams going in the wrong direction. By the way, the hiring of Billy Donovan in Chicago was such a bad hire at the time. I, really? I think, yeah, I think it was a terrible hire. Billy I Donovan – I'm okay. I'm happy for you, but Billy Donovan is a college coach. He is not an NBA coach. He was a coach of the year. Okay, and what did his team do? Like he took the 2016 Warriors to Game Seven. Okay, in what round? The Western Conference Finals. Okay, so you act like that's nothing. Well, I mean, I'm just okay. Uh, you know, less than what? Coach the team last year, the team that had and did nothing. Rudort. and did nothing. They did nothing. Well, I'm they just saying, look. They didn't do anything. I'm, who? I've seen Mike. Who? Oklahoma City? The Thunder. Okay, but all I'm saying is congrats. Like, to me, Billy Donovan is a coach with a ceiling. Billy Donovan will never win you an NBA title, ever. He will never coach a team to a title in the NBA. He, okay? was, he was, look, he was five wins away from that, and that's far and so, closer than most coaches get. Okay, and look at Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni was. Mike D'Antoni got five wins away. Yeah, five wins. And where is he now? He's an assistant for Brooklyn. He couldn't well, even get that's an NBA. Because, that's because he's 70 years old. Okay, but, it, okay, age, take age out of it. To me, okay, Mike D'Antoni is a perfect example for Billy Donovan. Mike D'Antoni will never win an NBA championship as a head coach. Mike D'Antoni has also had a lot more success than Billy Donovan. Okay, but you, you, call, I, you call it success. Because he's been in the league longer. Do, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think Steven Silas eventually – is a good could be a good enough coach to win your team a title. You already know that answer. Okay, so you're going to say yes. yes, right? Yes. Be honest with me. Do you think Mike D'Antoni is good enough to lead an NBA team to a title? Well, no, and he's not tasked to do so anymore, so it's fine. Do you think Billy Donovan can lead a team to a title? Yes. All right, there's no way. I don't see it. Look, Billy Donovan has done a lot more with a lot – like just what he did last year is proof that if you give that man talent, he will find a way. Last year was an anomaly for a league that was ravaged by. I don't COVID-19. know, Mike. You can't just. He was doing well before then. Like you can't. But what is well? Just, but what is know, well? I'm strong disagree on this one, but that's not even rocket stuff. I don't want to talk about it no more. Good. Um, but I'll tell you this. This is my answer to this question from Polos and Backpacks. Does trading for Zach Levine or Bradley Beal get the Rockets to a championship? Depends on what you give up. No, the answer is no. Because look, Zach Levine. Never been to the playoffs. Okay. Bradley Beal as a number one option. Never been to the playoffs. Bradley Beal can roll out of bed and score 50 on anybody on any given Okay, night. but we just sent that guy away, and we just sent a very similar guy away, and ever since then, the Rockets have been playing so much better. And look, that's because I'm not 
doubting Beal's defensive abilities, I don't think the Rockets are going to be trading for Bradley Beal. I just, I just don't see it because it doesn't Bradley Beal have a no trade clause in his contract. I think he does. I don't see, I don't think he'd want to come to Houston because I think he'd want to go compete for a championship and Houston is not on that trajectory right now. Is so, he going? To, is he going to Brooklyn? No, Brooklyn can't trade. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. Bradley Beal is pro. Look, if the Heat don't get Victor Oladipo, they'll get Bradley Beal. I'll, t- I'll say that. Okay. If I think Heat- I think Zach Levine is a very interesting name for the Rockets, though. But look, honestly, the way that I see this is here in terms of these trade talks. I know the Rockets. We're so used to trades because Daryl Morey was all about trades and and it was always about like okay let's let's improve this team and it was a year by year basis. Nobody's job was safe uh, into next season. But let's just enjoy the guys we have now. Let's enjoy them. We like this team. Like we we really like this team. At least you and I do. And you know it seems like the the listeners do. But let's just keep the guys we got now. We're we're trying to develop these guys and. Uh, trading trading future assets for these guys to win now just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We have to learn as a fan base again to accept the fact that we're not title contenders because it hasn't been that way for a while. Ever since Harden, probably his you know first year, the, since the Rockets have not been in that title conversation. So let's just sit back, relax, enjoy this team for what it's worth. They've won four in a row. I'm excited for Saturday, and you know. Let's talk about Saturday. Pelicans on on the schedule. What I I, I want to say something real quick about that. Yeah, though. go ahead. You you do realize you're dealing with a guy in Raphael Stone who grew up under Daryl Morey. I mean, so their their mindset is going to be extremely similar. I, the only thing I'll say about Zach Levine is I think Zach Levine would be a really nice fit here, especially with John Wall. But I understand what you're. It depends on the trade for me. You're not going to get Zach Levine for nothing, you know. So, I think the Rockets at least need to bro- breach a conversation with Oladipo and say, "Give us a decent idea of if we have a shot at you this summer." And mm-hmm. if not, you have to shop Victor Oladipo to teams and say, "Who's going to give me the best package?" And you can do a heck of a lot worse than uh, you can do a heck of a lot worse than Zach Levine for Victor Oladipo. And Tyler Hero stand. I don't, I'm not trying to rebuild. You're you're not in rebuild mode when you have guys like Christian Wood, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and Eric Gordon. You're just not. That's if you're going to rebuild, then you start trading off those assets for other assets. Clearly, well, the Rockets are not in rebuild mode, and I don't blame them. Well, the reason why you have uh, Vic and Bradley Beal is because you have Harden. You had Harden. Both of those guys would not be in Houston without Harden. Okay. So. That's just how it is. But yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Saturday. Let's talk Pelicans. Pelicans, you know, they got a big win on uh, Wednesday against the Wizards. YMCA squad. Poor Wizards, man. They they got it rough. And they lost John Wall and I'm loving it. Like, I, I don't usually like, I'm not like that. I'm not a vicious person. But man, I love the fact that we have John Wall and they don't. Yeah, yeah man. Like. John Wall is a real one. John Wall is a guy. I'm not buying a jersey. I'm not buying another jersey of a guy currently on the team. I am strictly only legends now for all of my teams. <laughs> but I'm considering getting a John Wall like 
the, maybe the, you can get like a hologram. The jersey t-shirts. I saw a guy at a sports bar last week wearing a John Wall jersey over a dress shirt. I hate those guys, by the way. I don't think you and I have ever talked about that. But the dude who wears a jersey over the long sleeve dress shirt with the collar all the way at the top. They My should, roommate did that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like, they're not allowed. They should not be allowed to go out in public to watch a sporting event or attend a sporting event in person. So that's mm-hmm. the other cause I'm here for is to get KJ Martin to the dunk contest and outlaw all individuals wearing a jersey over a long sleeve dress shirt yes. at sporting events. Again, to the discussion hand, Pelicans on Saturday. Uh, big game for the, the Rockets. Uh, there's look, there's a lot of talent on that, on that new Orleans team. I know their record doesn't reflect it, but you still have Zion Williamson. You still have Eric Bledsoe who's playing really well, scored 25 points in a game earlier this week. Uh, you still have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steven Adams. There's a lot of size. I'm worried about the size with, uh, new Orleans and how the Rockets are going to contend with both Zion and Steven Adams. Uh, so throw the records out the window. Rockets, this is a big game for the Rockets. The Rockets need this game to continue this win streak, and it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, if the Rockets can win this game, they will be at 500 for the first time this season. So I'm, I am worried about this game. I, I will say this game, the Rockets probably won't be favored uh, to win this game considering it's on the road. I don't know. The Pelicans, to me, I haven't followed them enough this year to really – uh gauge why their record is what it is but the way i see it is they are much more talented than what their record uh suggests and they are coming off of a back-to-back they play tomorrow night against milwaukee and then they play us so they're probably really excited about that um so but take advantage of that the rockets need to take advantage of teams that are on the second half of a back-to-back and i hope that they can get this win i look it's a very winnable game i think the Rockets have proven that they can beat anyone that is at least a little that's at least on their level or below. And what I like about this team is they've been competitive and I'm expecting a very competitive game, uh, especially against a team like the Pelicans that will be on the second half of a back-to-back Christian Wood is going to need to come in clutch in this game, especially given the size Uh, him and Zion are probably going to have to match up at some point. Uh, him and Steven Adams are probably going to have to match up at some point. I would like to see that. I would love to see that matchup. And, you know, take advantage of your speed because speed kills and take advantage of those bum legs that they should hopefully have after playing a tough game with Milwaukee the night before. So I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. The J train is pulling into the station. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you're doing so live with us now on uh, Periscope, uh, we'll be chiming in a couple a uh, couple nights throughout the season. Um, I'm sure we'll do it probably Saturday, right? I hope so. You know? All right. So, yeah, Saturday we're definitely uh, coming back. Hopefully we'll be talking another Rockets win with you guys. And if you can't catch us live, of course, we'll be still at our usual home at uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So be sure to download that. Uh, download us. Subscribe to us so that you don't miss a single episode of all the action. We are the Dream Take Home, uh, the official podcast of thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Be sure to give us a like on Facebook if you're over there, and you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. You can follow the Dream Take on Twitter at the Dream Take. You can follow Michael Brown on Twitter at BSWPodcast underscore M. 
B. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.